When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Bull the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. Joining me, as always, to talk all things Washington Capitals, my buddy, Coach Dan. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm all right. How you doing, man? Doing good. Feeling good. Let's go over. What have the Caps been up to since we talked last? Um, They've played a little bit of hockey. A little I bit. A little uh, bit. Not much. Just, just some. Smidge. They've had some. A scotch, you might say, of hockey to play. They, what did we record last? Last Wednesday or so? So they've played uh, three games. Went 2-0-1 in that time frame. They had the shootout, the not-so-great shootout loss to Dallas, where they didn't even get any goals in the shootout. Um, And the, I thought it was actually entertaining, the broadcast, because it was on, what was it, ESPN? The national broadcast had they're talking about um, Kuznetsov and they're like trying to like say what he's going to do in the shootout and didn't mention the slow buildup at all, right? And then he went and did it and they're like, oh yeah, this is his thing. And I was like, why didn't you talk about that like a minute ago when you guys were like totally talking about what you thought he was going to be doing? But it didn't work that time. And then um, the Dallas goalie just did a really good job. I think he had a poke check on one or it looked like a poke check on one. And so they had, they had, they had that game. They should have had that game as a win. Uh, but then they had a pretty dominating win against the Rangers and then a comeback win against Chicago. So, you know, they had a little bit of a a bad spell again, you know, with the end of the West Coast trip, the loss to Vegas, the embarrassing loss to Arizona, and then, you know, not a great game against Dallas, and they turned it around, and they actually got, instead of just a, a, a low-goal or differential when you went out and beat you know one of the best teams in the east right now top of your division in the metro the rangers and then they you know chicago's not very good but you're able to come out and come from behind to win that one so it was you know it's been a good week for the caps they moved to 14 8 and 3 on the year they're third in the division and interestingly enough i saw the statistic on oh i can't remember who posted this it might have been the caps or maybe it was bailey johnson of the washington post she, they're four and oh on the second of back-to-back games this year which that's is interesting. A, yeah, that's weird. You think, you know, you got an older team. Your legs are going to be a little bit more tired. But uh, they're 4-0 in the second game of back-to-back, so that's that's pretty good. 2-2-1 two, two, and one in their last five, 5-4-1 five, and one in their last ten. You want to see that a little bit better in terms of wins, but, you know, I'll take it right now. Is this team still – they're still figuring – and we talked about this last week. They're still figuring themselves out. You know, you're seeing some players like Dylan Strom, who are just tearing it up. Strom's leading the team, uh, not points, in goals right now. Where's the stats? I have too many tabs open. He's leading the team in, uh, I can't even find it. <laughs> it's in here somewhere. I swear. I have it as part of my bookmarks, but I can't find it. He is, what's he got? I think he's leading the team in goals, definitely. He's got, come on, 11 in 25 games. He's got 14 points. Ovechkin is leading the team in points and is tied for the lead in assists from, uh, what is it, Nicholas Ovechkin now? Nicholas Ovechkin, okay. It's Alex Backstrom. He is he's, fused he's got, with his buddy. He's only got five goals, but he's got 11 assists, so he's got 16 points and 25, which is not Ovechkin. 
But yeah. we could talk about him in a minute. But th- th- this is not the Ovechkin we've ever seen in this league in terms of point produ- uh, goal production, I should say. Uh, but you know what? It's been, a, it's been a decent week. It's a nice rebound after kind of a not a great game against Dallas. But a nice turnaround after a somewhat disappointing West Coast trip. Yeah, it's really weird. We've been calling it this team, this phrase, I want to say since 2019 to 2020, Jekyll and Hyde. That's what it feels like. You don't know what team you're going to get on what night, and sometimes they can look really dominant against a, a really good team like the New York Rangers, and then they can lay an egg against a team that you kind of think is like a, a zero chance of losing type of game, and they lose, but they don't just lose. They lose like... By, by embarrassing numbers, like nothing was working in, in the slightest. But I, I don't know how else to describe this team right now as just Jekyll and Hyde. They could be, you know, the best team in the world or they could be the team that looks like they don't belong in the NHL. I don't really understand, like, how they haven't found that balance yet. But like you said, it is a new system. Maybe they're still figuring things out. I think the power play especially is one that's still kind of they're figuring themselves out. And I think and I wasn't the first one to come up with this idea, but their power play was so ingrained into the guys that have been here a long time. The back, well, not Backstrom anymore, but Ovechkin and Wilson and Oshie and Carlson, and that, you know, it's easy to fall into old habits. And the power play has gotten kind of stale over the last few seasons. And they were looking at, or they have been trying to revamp it. And so they got, they got a power play goal, Brandon, recently. Like, that's different. It's a rare. It's a rare thing. There's Bigfoot, the abominable snowman, and a Capitals power play goal. That's what we got going on right now. But they got a power play goal, and you like to see that continue as they move forward. But they're the thing is, like, you have a star player in Alex Ovechkin who's just not producing goals. He's doing a lot of other things, but he's not producing goals. He's still hitting. He's still playing well. He's just he's he's providing assists he's just not producing goals but you're getting everyone else to step up in games where you're coming out with a win and so it's just like like you said it's a Jekyll and Hyde it's a weird team right now you're getting production from a lot of other guys in the lineup some guys not so much and we'll see if some other guys get an opportunity maybe some new guys as there's some rumors out there and we'll kind of see what that does to this team especially with the one rumor like they're about they're potentially going to have too many defensemen on this team let's just dive right into that i mean that seems to be the big news of this new week we are recording a little bit earlier this week but hey it's december you gotta roll with it uh but there's a lot of noise about this fx show the bear what's up what's the deal with that the caps we're really big fans of this show (laughs) Like they have it on the locker room before the games, and then you know if they're not going to finish it in time, they have to stop it. Everybody's got to make sure they remember. Right, they I mean, to make solid sure they're on the show right though. Account. Solid show, Never really good. It. Oh, dude, Never you're missing it. out. It if is you so were going to go into detail, like if this joke was going to go into detail, I was going to be screwed. <laughs> like I was not going. You're like, yeah, did this happen? And there's that guy. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, no, that guy's a total jerk. And you're like, he's the nice guy on the show. I, was like, I, I meant that's. I meant like people are jerks to him. Is, is what I'm trying to get out of this. So the rumor, the thing is like, so Ethan Bear is a defenseman played with Carolina and then Vancouver last year. And he got traded to Vancouver. The Caps, it was at the trade deadline or maybe it was before the deadline. They wanted him from Carolina. There were rumors that they were trying to bring him in. And I guess Vancouver offered a better deal or Carolina didn't want him in the division or whatever. Right. But he had one year deal. He went to Vancouver, did did pretty well, I think. I don't know. Phil might know better as a alleged Vancouver Canucks fan. Allegedly. But then allegedly. But then he got injured at the World Championships, injured his shoulder, had to have surgery, and so no one signed him to a contract. So he's just been out there rehabbing and it sounds like he's ready to come back. And Vancouver were like, oh, well, we'll just sign him then. But now that looks like they've been priced out in terms of both contract and potential years. And the the latest thing from Elliot Friedman is the Caps, I think, are the team to beat in terms of getting his signature right now because a number of teams were thinking, well, we'll sign him to a one-year deal 
And then if he does well, or you can say healthy, we'll sign him to a longer deal. But the Caps were like, well, we'll give you a couple of years. These are all rumors. No, you know, we don't know if this is true. He might sign somewhere else. But rumors are the Caps are willing to offer him term on his his deal that he wants. And so if you're Ethan Barry, you're coming off surgery and you're like, well, I can get a two, three-year deal as opposed to these one-year deals. And if it's potentially decent money, you know, I, I don't know what his contract was last year. Let me look that up. But if I'm him, I'm looking at that going, you know what? This is a, a good team. They're They're getting younger. There's certainly some promise there in terms of what they have and what they potentially have in the future. He's 26 years old. Uh, let's see, when is his birthday? So he turns 27 uh, near the end of June. So he's definitely a young defenseman. And defenseman, you know, sometimes they take a little bit longer to develop, so he could be getting right into the prime as the Caps are signing him. Looks like he is on... His last contract was... Was it a $2 million cap? 2.2 million. Or his cap, it was 2.2. So it's not a ton of money, and the Caps have room to spare in terms of their salary cap. So this is a move for them that in my eyes makes a lot of sense. Now, if you're signing to a three or $4 million deal for three years and he gets hurt, I mean, I guess if it's a long-term injury, you can put him on LTIR, but this is a guy that I think it makes a lot of sense to, to bring in and to have him on the roster. Now there are some things to be concerned about both of the injuries and, and the production. I mean, last season he had 16 points in 61 games. Um, we actually don't know if he is more of an offense or defensive defenseman, but there's a lot of positive talk and there's a number of teams that have been after him. So it's not like he was a free agent that they're like, you know, what, we'll take a flyer on this guy. Like clearly they wanted him before and they're coming after him again. That sounded more like scary than I intended. Like they're not trying to murder him. <laughs> they would very much like him to play for their team. So I don't think it's like the worst thing. It sounds like he, you know, he's a right-handed shot. So he's, you he, caps like, I think Carberry likes to have left lefties on the left, righties on the right. Right. But I'd be curious to see, cause right now I think they have Carlson, Van Riemsdyk and Jensen on the right. So who is he, who's he moving over to the left side or is he moving over to the left side? I think I read that, you know, Van Riemsdyk is also comfortable playing on the left. Basically who's coming out of the lineup on the defensive side, if you sign him, you've got, it's not Favari and Carlson. They're your number one pair. Is it Edmondson or Jensen? And he's playing on the second pairing, or is it Sandine or Van Riemsdyk on the third pairing? We know Jensen's been struggling a little bit this season. So I, and then you've got Alexiev and Lucas Johansson who are on the roster, but they're not playing. And I don't know what you're doing. So basically two things. One you're going to have to find a way to get him into the lineup. So who's coming out? And then two, are you going to carry nine defensemen when you can only play six? I mean, that's just stupid. You actually can't because I'm pretty sure they have, they're at the limit of 23 contract or players on the team right now. So someone's going down to Hershey. So are the, are the Canucks, crazy. are the Canucks in need of a, a defenseman, a cheaper defenseman? Could this be like a trade of a defense in, defenseman and defenseman type of thing? Or, you know, I don't understand. Well, the how this don't works. have him under contract. He's a free agent, so he just can go wherever he wants. He can go wherever he wants. He was on a one-year deal last year, and my guess is he was going to get signed in the off-season. Then he got injured, and teams were like, "We'll just wait." Oh, and okay. So gotcha. he's he's a straight-up free agent, so that anyone has the opportunity to sign him. And I think Vancouver thought they were the team that was going to get you know bring him back in, and then it looks like they've just either money or years in a contract, they're like, you know what? Never mind. We're out. Yeah. Well, let me, so, all right. So let me ask yeah. you this. Um, what What is so special about, about this guy, about Ethan bear? Because I, I don't, I'm not very familiar with his game. And when you look him up on Twitter X, formerly Twitter, and you see a bunch of caps fans and like the latest trend. And they're like, Oh, this guy would be a great uh, fit. This would be a great fit. The caps are smart. They're doing this or doing that. Then you see some Canuck fans and they're going, yeah, good luck with that guy. Uh, we got nothing out of him. You know, he's not, he's not, he's not anything. Why would you pay that much money for a guy who doesn't even play? So it seems like caps fans are really excited. Canuck fans are really excited. He's not a Canuck anymore. So like, <laughs> well, it's so easy to look at a guy who's like, oh, well, he's not going to come back. You're like, screw that guy. He sucks. Yeah. So you I'm know? just it, I'm just kind of I'm kind of confused how I'm feeling about this. Is this 
Yeah, you seem excited about it, but is it a good deal for the Capitals or is it a good deal for the Canucks that he's not on the books? I mean, I feel like with the Caps, they have, for the most part, when they've gone out and kind of, not uncovered, but like brought in guys that maybe didn't work out somewhere else or, or they bring them in for a short term to see if, you know, they've still got something. It tends to work out. I mean, Dylan Strome right now is leading the team in goals and Chicago is, you know, just let him go. The Milano, even though he's, you know, didn't have, he had a bit of a, a downstretch, uh, not downstretch, but like a, a poor stretch recently in terms of his play and points production. Anaheim let him go and the Caps brought him and had him in Hershey for a little bit to kind of get him up to speed. I think if the Caps want to go after him and, and sign him, I'm excited because there's a reason. You know, he's 5'11", 197. Actually, I think I was wrong before because I was doing a little bit of research while while you were asking. But, like, he – it sounds like at least some of the talks about him a couple of years ago is he's his two-way defenseman. He can move the puck. He can move it up the ice. This team likes to – the goal is to to be in control of the puck and move it around quickly. And if you're signing him for a two-year deal and not a ton of money, I don't think it's the end of the world. And at 26 years old, there's time for him to continue to grow and to progress and maybe he becomes a really good player for this team. And it's another young defenseman. And, you know, if you have nine defensemen on this roster, not only are you sending one guy down, but you might be looking to trade someone. Are you looking to move someone out? Because you just don't have room for them anymore. You know, is it, is it Alexi ever Lucas Johansson or is it Nick Jensen? Are you looking at him going, you know what? This guy is, might be able to take that spot. And let's pair him up with Joel Edmondson, who's a, a veteran guy in the NHL, and let them play together. You're not going to trade Edmondson. You just signed the guy. You're not losing Rasmus Sandin. So who are you moving out? I mean, odd man so, out looking at the pairings. I'm thinking Trevor Van Riemsdyk seems like the odd man out. but They like him, though. Uh, they do. They, they really do. plays on the PK. See, I wonder if it's Jensen. Hmm. I feel like he's been struggling a bit lately, but... You know, maybe it's more of a rotational thing. So guys stay, you know, if you're an older team, you get an opportunity for guys to kind of be healthy and and, and um get a rest every once in a while. I don't think is necessarily the worst thing. You know, it might mess with uh, uh, consistency or players' consistency or an opportunity to gel chemistry. But I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing. And, you know, we've seen, like, maybe I'm forgetting, but, like, name the last guy they brought in that didn't worry aside from mantha which seems like he's turning things around this season name the last guy they brought in that like they're like whoop missed it on that one shattenkirk no but that's not recent like recently that was a while <laughs> ago and that i don't even think because shattenkirk i don't it wasn't that it was he wasn't working out where he before he came here he was like the number one dude at the deadline to get and the caps went out and acquired him yeah. right and that just didn't work out here but like strom Milano. I mean, look at Connolly before. Yeah. Like they, there's a bit of recent history of them bringing in players and being able to get something out of them, and that's through different coaches, by the way. So, and Carberry, you know, this team's kind of hit or miss this season. It's his first season in charge, and his first season in charge in the NHL. But this team is, I think, they're better than expected. But they're not as good as we're used to. Does that make sense? That does. hundred uh, like, percent. Yes. Recently, it's like the Caps were always a team to be talked about, and they're at the top. And let's say they same points right now, same number of wins and losses, but Ovechkin was scoring more. I feel like there wouldn't be quite the same level of conversation that there is about him or this team in terms of like we don't really know. Like, I don't know. I just I feel like he's getting a lot out of a lot of uh, Carberry. That is, he's getting a lot out of a lot of players. That especially, I mean, I keep talking about him. Dylan Strom is just tearing it up right now. Tom Wilson's tearing it up. He's getting a lot yeah. out of guys that we need to be playing well. Defense, little hit or miss. Maybe that's just just taking a little bit longer for them to kind of get with the system and play better. And we'll kind of see what happens as we go forward. But I'm curious to see if they bring in. I want to call him Bear, but then it just sounds weird. Like it sounds like a nickname. If they bring in right. Ethan Bear and he's the guy that can help to make this team better defensively and. I'm all for it. 
I mean, I'll be very intrigued to see what happens. All the all the signs point to the Capitals doing their thing and bringing this guy in. But like you said, where does he fit in? Who's getting uh, traded? Who's being let go? Is somebody being put on waivers? I guess only time will tell. But if he can improve this team, let's do it. Let's bring him in. Now, a guy that returned to the lineup since we talked last was TJ Oshie. He got a really nasty hit uh, a couple weeks ago, didn't travel with the team on the California road trip. He made his return to the lineup, and after a big hit by TJ Oshie, uh, the Caps really woke up against the Chicago Blackhawks and looked really, really good. So I think TJ Oshie kind of showed how much he, uh, he means to this team on the ice and maybe in the locker room as well. Am I the only one that doesn't feel like that was that big of a hit? You don't think it was that big of a hit? Okay, so I mean, so here's my thought. Like it it sounds like a big hit because it's near the boards. Right. And it but I also feel like if it was at open ice, it would have looked like a bigger hit. Otherwise, it looks like sort of a generic hit, but he ha- I mean he hit him shoulder right into the chest, completely legal hit, solid hit. I like that they just kept playing. Like I just I feel like it did wait it definitely woke them up. But, yes. like, even I felt like Ben and Adi overreacted a little bit in terms of, like, he was like, whoa, and I was like, really? Like, it was a good hit, but I feel like we see those more. I mean, maybe it's because they fell down, which, to be fair, they're they're on ice. It's slippery. But, it I don't know, I did feel like when everyone was blown up about it being a big hit, and I was like, oh, it's a, a solid hit. It's funny. <laughs> Oshie doesn't seem like, and he, he is, and I know he is, but you look at him on the ice, and you're like, I don't feel like that's a big hitter, but he is a big, like, he does like to hit. This is a big team. And we know the Caps are a big team. That's why they did really well in 2018 in that cup run. Is there a big team that could physically not only just move the puck around, but they could out physical you? That didn't make sense. But they yeah. were more physical they, than the teams. They but were able to manhandle teams. Oshie, I always find is entertaining because I just, I always think of him as more like a, a finesse guy. But he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll lay a hit. Which he's is maybe goof. that's part well, of the get... problem is that yeah, well, before the game, he's, he's definitely a goof. Him and Ovech can yell at each other and stuff before the game. And then the yeah. the butt stick thing. I'd be worried, honestly, with him and Wilson, I always worry that one of them's going to hit in the back of the thigh. And, like, <laughs> that's – I know they have, like, you know, pads on, but that's still – that would hurt, I feel like, a fair amount. Maybe not. I don't know. But, no, I just – you know, that definitely helped turn it around. Sometimes that works. You know, you have uh, – Big hits, big uh, not big fights, but like big hits, a fight, um, an impressive play that maybe doesn't quite go in or something. But like you can, as one individual can turn the mentality of a team around during a game. And I think Oshie's always kind of been that guy. And that's he's one of those guys that when he's out injured or when he finally decides to hang him up, he's a guy that's got to feel like he's going to be it's going to be more difficult to replace him in the locker room than on ice. And it's going to be hard to replace his production on ice. Maybe not as much lately, but like overall his tenure, both in the NHL and with the Capitals, he's going to be a hard guy to replace in the locker room. A hundred percent. Definitely agree with that. But uh, yeah, TJ Oshie doing his thing. This team is better when he's on the ice. So I'm happy to see he's there and happy to see that he's healthy and uh, recovered from uh, that latest injury pretty quickly. Now, a guy who was not injured but was a healthy scratch, Yevgeny Kuznetsov also returned to the lineup this past week. And maybe that healthy scratch was a good reset because he came out flying and was able to get a goal in his first game back. He had a goal against Dallas and assists against the Rangers and nothing against Chicago, but I mean, you can't expect to necessarily every every game. But, right. you know, sometimes even veterans need a, a little bit of a wake-up call where you're up in the press box and the coach is like, look, I mean, it probably didn't help Carberry's point that they went and got destroyed by Arizona, but maybe it was a moment for Kuznets. It was a wake-up call. It was like, look, man, if you're not going to – you can't just kind of go through the motions here. You need to be at your top at the highest level every game. And it looks like we weren't seeing that and being up in the press box was a little bit of a wake up call for him. So I, as a young head coach in the NHL to essentially bench your, what should be your number one center. That's a ballsy move. You remember the boost Brujo days that he had Ovechkin stay on the bench and miss a shift and Ovechkin kind of like looked behind him and called him a not so very nice name and uh, I mean, 
Bruce Boudreaux, he, he, he didn't take any crap from his players, but Ovi was obviously very unhappy about that. Barry Trotz did the same thing to Ovi when he he missed a practice or slept in because his alarm didn't go off. He got scratched and, and was sat out for that game because he didn't make uh, practice on time. Uh, I think he respected Barry Trotz a little bit more than Bruce Boudreaux, or maybe he was just a little bit older, didn't take it as personally. But for a, a guy like Spencer Carberry, who's just coming into the leagues and and willing to do that to one of your, your top six players, uh, I mean, that, that does show he's not scared to do it. And, you know, maybe, like you said, this is a good thing for, for Kuzi. I have no problem with it. And if it works and he woke up and he starts to produce and you see more of the sort of, 2017, 2018 Kuznetsov, I am a hundred percent for it. And like we said, it, it was a gutsy move by Carberry, but it's also sending a message that I'm, I'm not just some young head coach. Like I, I know what I'm doing. I'm here to win. And you're either on board or you can go sit in the press box or you can go play for somebody else. So I like it. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it sends the right message. Absolutely. Now let's keep going. Let's talk about some more players making some headlines. Charlie Lindgren. Our, our goaltender number two, our, our backup goaltender, he got yet another shutout, this time against the New York Rangers, which his brother plays for. Are we still saying Charlie Lindgren's a backup? I, I, I feel like we're back in the VTech Samsonov days already, and we've got a 1A, 1B situation. I think Kemper's your 1A, and, and Lindgren... I mean, I think... I think... To the outside the locker room, they're going to say it's a one and a two. There's a starter and there's the backup. But I, I wonder if they're looking at it as, you know, it's more of a 1A and a 1B, that there's a guy here who's playing really well. And obviously these things can fluctuate and change as we go through the season. But I think they're looking at this going, this guy's pretty good. Like, I think we're going to keep him around and there might be something here where maybe we make some decisions in the offseason. I, I don't I don't think there's any reason for them not to split the duties. You know, and I think that's I think it makes a lot of sense in terms of why they're doing so well in the second of back to back games is because they have two very good goaltenders. And it's nice to know that and I think as a player playing in front of the goalie, you know, when the backup comes in, you're not like, all right, I'm gonna have to block more shots or I'm gonna make sure we control the puck a little bit more and we're gonna have to do X, Y, and Z even more and exert ourselves more to make sure this guy's not getting overwhelmed. You know, you got a guy back there and you're like, okay, cool. This is a guy I trust. Do you trust Darcy Kemper over Charlie Lindgren? Or do you think one has a little bit more talent than the other? Because personally, I can tell you I'm more confident of this team when Charlie Lindgren's in that more than I am Darcy Kemper. You're a big Lindgren guy. I am. I'm, I, that's your I boy. full blown admit it. Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> I like him. I, he's a really good goalie, and I think if it continues throughout the season, you know they have some interesting decisions to make in the offseason. You could even see Lindgren being like, hey, I want to play more. I want to be the number one guy. I mean, his contract is – hang on. I got to find it on cap friendly. Lindgren is – yeah, I thought so. Another year at 1.1. So, you know, if he does really well and he continues playing really well, if they go into the offseason, they say, hey, he's going to be our new number one and say they trade Darcy Kemper. Not only do you get that salary cap space back, giving yourself to go out and find another backup, or maybe you bring up Hunter Shepard from the minors. Hunter, I was about to say, yeah. But the reality is, as of now, I don't think they're trading Kemper. Unless, let's say, knock on wood, the caps plummet in terms of their standings and their play this season, and which means Carberry's probably gone. But then also, you likely put Kemper on the trade block to a team that, you know, is looking for a playoff push or is in the playoffs that wants a, a number one goalie. And maybe, you know, even though Kemper's got a couple of years left on his deal, he's got three years after the season left on his deal at 5.25, you could go into next season with Lindgren, at, or the rest of this season with Lindgren as your number one. But I think it's going to be a sort of a 1A, 1B Kemper. As long as they're both playing well, it's going to be a 1A, 1B thing. And I think it's helpful because Kemper has shown that he's not, He's not always healthy. You know, he needs some time off. So it's nice to know that you're not taking a, not really a step down with your backup. 
No, I definitely don't think you're taking a step down or anything like that. I, personally, though, I can see Charlie Lindgren being a number one goaltender somewhere else or with the Capitals, with Hunter Shepard as his, as his backup. I really can I mean, see that happening. I don't I don't want it to. I Let me preface that. I don't want it to. I like the two guys we have. I think they're both talented, but Charlie Lindgren's gonna he, he he can he can be the number one guy here or somewhere else. See, the interesting aspect is what will they want to do in the offseason and is Lingard a one-season wonder? Right. And I say that because I just don't know. And I don't think we know because partially because Lingard hasn't shown in his career. But maybe he's also a guy that just took a little longer to, you know, develop. Like maybe he's turning into the number one goaltender now and it just took him a little longer. I mean, he's he'll be 29. I'm sorry. He'll be 30. Where did it go? When's his birthday? Oh, it's in a week. Oh, good for him. Next happy Monday, birthday. happy early birthday, Charlie Lindgren. He turns uh, 30 on December 18th. So he will, you know, he's not a young guy necessarily, but if this is, you know, you, you we're speaking hypothetically here. I still think Kepper is going to be around for the rest of his contract or most of it anyways. But like if Lindgren's sure. your number one guy, is he your number one guy for two, three years while you develop one of your young goalies? Sure. That's certainly a possibility. You know, he's your he's your placeholder for the next couple seasons. I don't know. I mean, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Yes. <laughs> good problems to have, good cold tending. But if it's me, I'm using Charlie Lindgren more than I am Darcy Kemper. But I'm not the head coach. That's just me. Uh, anyway, let's talk a little bit more Caps news. We are going a little bit long already, but we got a lot going on. You brought up Alex Ovechkin earlier. Let's let's talk about him a little bit more again. Uh, we talked about him last week saying, is, is father time just catching up to him? But Alex Ovechkin does not look like Alex Ovechkin this year. See, I think it's just in the goal scoring. You know, he's ringing some posts. He's hitting the goalie. He's still terrible in the shootout, but that, he was really only He's good. Not, at that's never been his thing. I know. It, so here's the thing. It was the first like 10 times when they started doing it. And then after that, he just couldn't do it anymore. And he was like, it was just not as or not good enough at all. And, it, and I don't, it makes, and he used to do it differently. He used to come out with the tongue out and he used to do this move where he would get close to the goalie and he would like kick his leg up before he would go into the fake. And he stopped doing that. And then he just like, wasn't that Matt Hendricks? No, Hendricks did a no. Hendricks had a different move. Ovechkin, Ovechkin he like, when he first started, he had to like he would do like a kick up, like almost like he was like a wide receiver getting ready to like make a, a juke and a run. So <laughs> he he's just never very good in the shootout. I I don't know what's wrong with him this season. I mean, he's not you know he's not getting quite the same level of service. I mean, the top two centers he's played with, I would say to be fair in his career and Kuznetsov and Backstrom, one of them's essentially retired and the other one is not playing very well. So he's not necessarily getting the help that he got for it. And it's not like Dylan Strom's racking up the assists. Dude's racking up the goals. So I don't know if it's a lack of service or if it's just, is he getting his body's just, he's not able to do it anymore. You know, I mean, he's not Yarmir Yager. He's not playing into his fifties. So, I don't know. It's a weird one. I kind of think as the power play gets better, he's going to get more goals, but we'll see. I also feel like he's just not getting the same level of service that he used to in mm -hmm. terms of being in his spot. You know, the passages aren't quite as as crisp as they used to be, and if that gets better, maybe that'll help. It seems like the, all of that talk about chasing Gretzky has really died down in the last month and a half. <laughs> he's a scoring any goals. Maybe he's still stuck at 8-23 or whatever it was. I mean, at this rate, it's going to take a call. He's going to have to sign, I think, another contract to be able to pull it off. <laughs> and that'll be kind of... Maybe, what, like, wasn't it... Russian Machine put it out and said, but with the pace he's going right now, would it take him until, like, 2027? Yeah. I don't know if he's like playing that. until 2027. <laughs> I I mean, I don't know. Maybe over in Russia, but... I don't know. We'll see. But this one is... I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's a couple different factors. I don't think it's that he doesn't have the skill set anymore. Right. It's just, I don't know. It's just weird that he's just not producing. I mean, he's going, what, nine or ten games without a goal now, which I think is the longest drought of his career. It's just weird, yeah. you know? 
So I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, we're going to have to wait and see what happens. But that's a big test for Carberry. How to how to cure the best goal scorer, second best goal scorer in the world or in the history of, all of the time. league. How to cure that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a tough one. And hopefully yeah. they can figure it out, obviously. Now, what else should we cover here in Caps World? Oh, what is there to talk about? Let me see. Go through the notes real quick. We talked about you. Well, you had brought up a play. You want to talk about the, uh, the other dude in Hershey now, or you want to talk about that when we go down on the farm? Uh, let's let's do down on the farm. Okay. Uh, there's some news that came out about the Caps potentially moving to Northern Virginia. I mean, I've seen yeah, a little I, bit of that. I don't really care. I feel like the commute for me either way is like. 20 minutes to the metro and then about 35 minutes on the metro or like a 45 minute drive 50 minute drive to northern virginia like i'm kind of either way it's the same amount of time i you know when was verizon's or mci or capital one arena actually when did that get was it the mid 90s i i don't i want to say early 2000s because i remember going Going to a couple wrestling matches at the US Air Arena in Landover, Maryland. Opened in ninety seven. Well, so I'm wrong. I mean yeah, how dare you? It's <laughs> what? Thirty no, twenty how is this freaking arena? It's twenty twenty three. No, I know that now. <laughs> how old is it? It's twenty six years old, right? Yeah. I mean, not old by any means, but definitely in need of some updates, you know, and that means you got to spend money. And a buddy of mine was saying he thinks that this talk of Northern Virginia, I think it was today, political people in Northern Virginia were meeting to discuss probably offering a bunch of money to Leonsis and co, you know, saying, we'll give you this land or we'll give you money towards building a new rink in North Ithaca and was it Potomac Yard? I'm not, I'm not sure exactly where Northern Virginia, but I'm glad that we brought this up in the notes just because, like you said just recently, like, oh, the commute's not going to change for Tell me. Yard. Yeah. Me as a Baltimore guy, though, I live in Baltimore. I'm a Caps fan in Baltimore. Baltimore loves the Capitals. You know, the Stanley Cup did make its way up to Baltimore eventually uh, to Camden Yards. So Baltimore is a hockey town. They're a Washington Capitals hockey town. But getting to D.C. from Baltimore is a rough commute. There have been a plethora of games that I have missed because I just can't make that drive at rush hour. If you tack on, I have to now go to Northern Virginia to see a weekday game. I highly you're losing that Baltimore market for this team because that team that, that, that those those Baltimoreans are not going to drive to Northern Virginia. So here's here's the thing. It's not Northern Virginia like Tyson's or Reston or, you know, Vienna or Herndon. You're not heading out to Dulles. It's near uh, National Airport. It's actually just, well, like the Potomac Yard area is just south of National Airport, which that traffic kind of sucks. But right now, according to Google, it would take from Baltimore to the Potomac Yard because I don't know exactly where the rink is going to be. And I, you know, I, I, you're what, north of the city? So, a little bit. Um, I'm in the city, but in the north of like downtown. I'm not, I mean, yes, you're not like it, yes. you know, right where the dot pops up when you type in Baltimore. I'm I'm not hanging out at the harbor anytime soon. But it's 57 minutes, which I feel like for you to get to Capital One, like leaving your house to there is probably it's probably the same amount of time I would imagine. And you're not that would probably, you're not paying for metro. You probably gonna pay for parking. We get to pay for parking anyways at the Metro. So, like, yeah. I, you know, here's here's my thought. The reality of it is, and my understanding of what I've read, is that Leonsis is not thrilled with the rink. He wants it updated. And, like, annoyingly, like every other owner in professional sports, he doesn't want to pay for it. Now, the D.C. government is trying to bring the commanders back to dc they want them back at rfk not you know rfk they want them in a new stadium right and that's going to cost a boatload of money the or not the uh, monumental and leonzas are looking at it going hey 
we've been great tenants for you. We've brought a lot of money for the city with fans constantly coming in for Caps games, for Wizards games, for Mystics games, for other events at at this building. We want, I think they want like six hundred million to. Is it six hundred million to to f- make it better and nicer? And there's also some rumors that Leon just isn't really infatuated with that part of town anymore. And he can move over to Virginia. It's closer to the practice rink. The players, my understanding, is all live in Virginia. Right. So it makes a lot of sense. You know, it, does he get a spot kind of near the waters? So looks kind of cool. I mean, you're inside, so it's not quite like a baseball stadium or a football stadium outside or soccer. But, you know, it still looks kind of cool. You're not terribly far from Nationals Park, given that Leon's assault has those rumors about wanting to buy the Nats. So, you know, it makes a lot of sense. It's, you know, there's a metro station near there for fans who want to take the metro. So I would not be surprised at all. Buddy of mine thinks it's just they're using the Virginia as a way to get more money out of D.C. Sure. But the building's getting a bit older, and I would not be shocked at all if he was like, screw this, we're going to build a state-of-the-art new rink in you know it's northern virginia technically but it's south of dc not by much it's just it's literally right past the airport so you know it'd be it would be interesting yeah i'm I'm intrigued to see what happens but also ted leonsis just put a boatload of money into the arena by putting in a studio for the monumental sports network so he has invested a lot into that building already and he just I mean, he just bought the network this past year. So there's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts, and moving a studio is real easy because most of the stuff is digital anyway nowadays. So it'll be real intriguing to see what happens next, but this could just be a bargaining chip. But I am I am kind of intrigued to see whether or not the Baltimore-based fans would travel or would support a team that's located in Virginia. I don't know if they will. The I don't alternative? Know if they, You're going to go be a Flyers fan? That's even a longer drive. That is, I'm not trying to be argumentative. Yeah. It's just like, yes, it's no, kind no, of annoying. And it's it's by technical distance, it's further. But you know, you're watching them on TV. You go to games every once in a while, and I feel like in this area, because we're so, you know, it's the big metropolis between what, like at this point, like North Carolina, up through Boston, up through you know the area of Massachusetts. You know, if you're a fan of a team in, I don't know, Ohio, right? Or you're in Illinois, like you're following the Chicago teams, but you may not live anywhere near there. You know, and so I think that's kind of reality is like, yes, it'll be potentially longer, harder for fans in Baltimore to get to the team. But I don't know if that's necessarily a reason to to stop following them. Right. Now, if they were to turn around and say, like, screw you, Maryland fans, we're here for Virginia. Then you're like, what? You know, then then you give middle finger to the state of Maryland. Then it's like, okay, well, that's different. I don't know. I'm curious Uh, to see how this one plays out. It's not like Virginia is going to come out and say, hey, we're going to give you a bunch of money. Leon's is like, well, we're going to do it. You know, he could still be like, nah, we're going to stay in the city. Now, I think this is years away from a uh, a lease, uh, a decision. I think they have a lease at Capital One until like 2027. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's intriguing to see what will happen. And, you know, I bring that up about Baltimore fans. But Ovechkin's contract is also coming up soon. What does that mean for Baltimore fans? You know, when you don't have that superstar talent anymore, will those fans that uh, live in, in, in a different town or whatever, will they also go away because he left? I mean, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. You know, time will tell. But uh, what else should we cover in Caps World? Anything else? Uh, last little bit of news, but the Caps will have a guest coach for a couple of days. So Carrie Turner, who is the head coach of Quinnipiac's women's ice hockey team, will be the guest coach for the Caps during their practices on December 12th and the 13th. She is in her ninth season as the head coach at Quinnipiac and 16th overall. Currently is leading that team to a 16 and three record. And I believe I read their 10 and 0 at home. So that's pretty cool. Wow. The team, you know, bring in some talent on the coaching staff. Let her come in. You know, maybe this is something where they're like, you know what? We may have a spot for you on the team. And then, you know, <laughs> if you're bringing in someone who's 
a good coach, why not? Gender doesn't matter. If you know what you're doing and you know the game and it's better for the team, you know, let's have it. Works for me. Absolutely. I love it. New new ideas and everything else in that locker room can never hurt. Well, I think that's it for what's going on in Caps World. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with Down on the Farm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. everybody here we go we're going down on the farm we are talking hershey bears and south carolina stingrays coach dan what's going on down on the farm in the past week hershey went one and two with a win over cleveland bears are currently first in the atlantic division and the entire ahl with 38 points five up on hartford in the division They'll spend the week at home hosting Providence on Wednesday at the Giants Center before welcoming Laval on Saturday and Springfield on Sunday. Now, on Saturday, Capital Center Ethan Frank earned a four-point game with a goal and three assists. Do you throw hats on the ice for three assists? I feel like that's still kind of a hat trick. Maybe you just throw visors. I've Oh... You dork, but that was a good one. <laughs> that was really clever. <laughs> oh, I'm annoyed I didn't think of that either. Well played, sir. Well played. This was his third four-point game in his career and first of this season. Now, I know you asked this question before, but let's talk about Mr. Frank. Is there a spot for him in the NHL, and why hasn't he gotten one yet? What are your thoughts? I, I don't know. Like I, I'm reading this about – I don't know much about Ethan Frank, but a four-point game – Seems like it would be a big deal, and the fact that he has done that uh, three times in his career, hit the first this season, and we talked about it too, like with the power play not working, Henrik Lapierre was the guy that they called up, and he looked really good out the gate, and then he kind of slowed down. I'm like, why aren't you bringing Ethan Frank up to see maybe he can energize the power play a little bit? Maybe he can play at this NHL level. I think, you know, you at least like towards the end of the year, they usually will bring up an AHLer that's playing really well just for, you know, a cup of coffee in the NHL. Uh, they let him have a game or two. I think Ethan Frank, you know, he's got to be the leading candidate for that role. Um maybe later on in the season, but for a guy who's, who's doing that much in the AHL, I don't know why, you know, Henrik Lapierre is just the de facto guy you would go with when you got somebody like Ethan Frank there, lighten it up. Maybe. Now don't get me wrong. Henrik Lapierre went back to the AHL recently when he, he, uh, he was sent back down earlier this week and the first uh, game he had there, he got a goal. So Henrik Lapierre, that NHL time me did, did him. Yeah. did him good, but like <laughs> Ethan Frank, he's also lighting it up. So going into or going back to last season, he was third on the team in points for the Bears. 30 goals, 19 assists, 49 points in 57 games. Now he's not the biggest guy out there. If I have this right, according to Wikipedia, let's check actually the or the AHL website. He is listed at 5'11, 185 pounds. The Caps signed him this past offseason to a where are you? One year deal. He's got a low cap hit. He's 25 years old. He turns 26 the beginning of February on the 5th. So I think there's a there's potentially a couple of reasons we haven't seen him yet. One, LaPierre has he's younger. Not dramatically younger. How old is LaPierre? I mean, he's got to be 21. Is he like 22, 23? I don't think he's 23. Where is LaPierre? There you are. 21. He turns 22 on uh relatively early in February. Um, you know, he wasn't, uh, Ethan Frank wasn't drafted. He took a little while in the USHL and then the, uh, NCAA, you know, getting up to speed. So maybe he's one of those guys that just is kind of, 
I don't know, uh, uh, blossoming into a, a better player as he gets older. It takes a while to kind of understand what's going on um, at that level. But it looks like last season he did really well. And I was a little surprised he hasn't, he didn't get called up last year, isn't getting called up this season. But the only guys they've really called up, unless I'm you know mistaken, I mean, Alex Scarboso, I think he got a game. And, you know, Abe Kubel got called up. And then LaPierre got called up. I don't think he's going to get the nod over LaPierre necessarily unless he continues to tear it up. But I think he's a guy that I want to see what he's got in the NHL. My question is, like, whose spot is he taking? He's 5'10", 178. He's not the biggest dude out there, you know? So whose spot is he, whose spot is he taking in the lineup? You're going to need an injury before... You're gonna let him in. Yeah, I feel like if you're trying to clear some cap space up and uh, somebody is traded away, like you know, if Evgeny Ke- Kuznetsov gets his wish and he does get traded away, you bring up Henrik Lapierre, somebody else gets hurt, and then Ethan Frank gets a job. Like he's 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 not high on the totem pole, but it's gonna take some maneuvering for him to get up to the NHL level. Well, I mean, some of that depends, of course, on like you know. To use your example, if you trade Kuznetsov, who comes in for him? That kind of thing. So I don't know. I don't know who he comes in for, if it's this season or next season. I I wonder if he's one of those guys that's just tearing up and maybe he's, he's a career AHL player. But sure. why not give him an opportunity? But again, the question is over who? You know, right now we're looking at this team and it's Phillips that's on the outside looking in, in terms of being up in the press box, which, you know, for his contract is fine. It's not the end of the world for a guy like Ethan Frank. You want him, you want him playing. So let him keep doing well in Hershey. And if you need someone to call up, he's a really good option to be able to bring in. I mean, he's got what? 12 goals, 10 assists in 22 games. I'm sorry, 22 points in 25 games this season. He's certainly, you know, he's, he's looking at him going like, Guys, look at me. Let me let me let me come show you if I can play. So it's not a bad thing by any means to have this guy in the minors and be able to bring him up. And maybe he's someone that just blossoms a little bit later. So we'll see what happens. I mean, he yeah. could be an, a- an NHL player. I just don't know where he fits into the lineup right now. And the Caps still have Max Pacioretty, who's coming back. Like, whose spot he That's taking? Right. Who's coming out right. of the lineup for him? I honestly don't know because, you know, Carberry wanted to see Mallinson, Dowd, and Abe Kubel at the beginning of the, uh, or in the summer, right? So, like, is it Milano coming out of the lineup? Do they trade someone like Mantha? I don't know. So that's an interesting problem that they're going to, not a bad problem, you know, that's an interesting situation that they're going to have to deal with pretty soon. In the next week or two, I think, we could see Pacioretty playing. So that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Good stuff. Yeah. But anyways, let's go down to South Carolina, where the Stingrays went 2-1 with wins over Florida. They are currently second in the South Division with 26 points, eight back of first place Greenville. Now, they head to Orlando on Tuesday before hosting Greenville on Friday at the North Charleston Coliseum before heading back on the road on Saturday to Jacksonville. That's what's going on down on the farm. All right. Well, go Bears. Go Stingrays. Now let's take a quick word from our sponsors, and we will be back with Around the NHL and Beyond. everybody welcome back to the show there's lots going on in the world of hockey so coach dan catch us up what's going on around the nhl and beyond i mean there's some stuff going on a ton since we last recorded you know we got nobody got suspended one dude got fined there's no trades no real free agent signings which means like something crazy is gonna happen tomorrow it's been it's been relatively quiet you know, Tampa's Austin Watson was fined $2,022.58. Got to get those cents. Uh, 
for unsportsmanlike conduct against Nashville's Jeremy Lousen. Now, I know we talked about this before the show, but there were some scary scenes in Detroit where winger Dylan Larkin was knocked unconscious while his team was on the power play. Now, there's news articles that are saying like it was Ottawa's Matthew Joseph cross-checking him in the back of the head and the neck. But I went back and I watched it a few times, and in the broadcast, they kind of show you – well, the link I found on YouTube, I believe, was a Detroit's broadcast. They – if you watch the play, it's Joseph's right hand is holding the stick. And for a second, it does look like he's got both hands. And while both hands make connection with Larkin's head and his neck, his uh, Joseph's that is, his left hand isn't holding the stick, so it's not a cross check. It's more of like a like a fist shove to the back of his head and his neck, and I don't think that's necessarily where he loses um, consciousness. But when he shoves him kind of forward, you know, again head and neck forward, which is probably fairly uncomfortable. He's pushed into another Ottawa player, Parker Kelly, whose right hand then makes contact with the lower right side of Larkin's face, who then just crumbles down to the ice. Now, his head does hit the ice, but I feel like he lost consciousness before that. Yeah. And then he just lays there. He's out cold. And, like, I forget who it was on Detroit. Like, the play is... I think they played for another, like, second or two and then Splone dead. And then the dude on Detroit turns around and just like cross checks or punches the bejesus out of a guy on Ottawa. And then one of the, and they all kind of get mad at each other. One of the auto auto players looks down and sees Larkin's just out cold. And he's like, Oh snap. And he looks to the bench. He's like waving frantically, like get someone out here. This dude is in trouble. So he was out cold for about a minute. He was able to skate off, but he was kind of hunched over and needed some help. Dude has to have a concussion. I have to imagine, but that was pretty scary from what we were seeing over there in in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, to see him fall and then he he kind of looked like a starfish or making a snow angel on the ice, and it he, he was motionless for a very long time, and, and he was completely out. You know, I, I, I hate to, to bring up this comparison, but you almost think like it was like a DeMar Hamlin type of situation just the way he laid there and and did not move it's a very very scary stuff so we do have to you know say thank you to the to the doctors and and the emts that were there and, and they rushed out on the ice so quickly uh but absolutely you hate to see that i mean claude Giroux, he's standing over him and he kind of the camera shot's a little wide but he kind of like spins his head around and looks around and he goes what happened because like you said there wasn't a bad hit. It didn't. I mean, like nothing. It didn't look that bad. No, it didn't look bad, that bad at all. So to see that happen, very scary stuff. You hate to see that, but man, uh, hopefully Dylan Larkin's okay and everything will will end up hunk, hunky dory. But man, very scary to see on the ice. It's not. I mean, it wasn't ideal, obviously. And so it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, was it, like you said, a DeMar Hamlin situation, or was it just, did he just get hit in the right way? I mean, concussions, we still, as a species, know so little about concussions. It's scary. I mean, I I think I've talked about this before. My wife's had two concussions. One of them, like, it makes a lot of sense. But the second one, it wasn't like a bad hit to her head. It just happened to be, you know, she got hit in the right way in the you know or the wrong way and it can cause it i mean it's just it's crazy but let's wrap up with some congratulations to the u.s national sled hockey team for winning the 2023 para hockey cup over the weekend team usa was able to come away with a three nothing victory over canada in the championship game on sunday this is team usa's eighth consecutive and 10th overall para hockey cup championship that's the news from the past week in the NHL and beyond. Yes, congratulations to Team USA. Awesome news for the National Sled Hockey Team making us proud over here. We really do appreciate you guys and everything that you do. But, Coach Dan, is that the show? I think that's it, buddy. All right, well, everybody, if you'd like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. You can check us out. We are both on X. You can check me out at Brando Cash. Make sure you follow me there. Coach Dan, where can people follow you at? 
Dude, if it wasn't for sports, I feel like this app, like I'd need to get out of there. It's such a dumpster fire now. I, I, I will tell you, you can follow me on X, but I, I rarely put anything out there anymore because it's just I will repost things. But other than that, I barely post anything anymore. I mean, I it's I mostly am following sports. And it, to be fair, yeah. it is the fact there it, social media has become a nightmare because people realize that they can, anonymity allows it or makes people believe they can say whatever they want and that they can be jerks, which I don't understand that. Like you're not a benefit to society. Why are you doing it? But it is the fastest way to get sports information. Any information, like anything yes. happens anywhere in the world. I go to Twitter X first. I don't go to Facebook. I don't go to Instagram or whatever. I go there first. Cause that's, that's how, you know, I get my news the quickest way possible. It is. It's just such a dumpster fire because people realize that they can say whatever they want. There's no repercussions. And it's just, it's, and then it's run by a psychopath. So that's also right. not I great. I will say this as well, but just about the internet in general. The best thing about the internet in general is that it gives everybody a chance to be heard and gives everyone a soapbox. But the worst thing about the internet is that everyone can be heard and everyone gets a soapbox. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But you can find me on that mess at WTP Coaching. You know, there's a guy who has Coach Dan as his handle, and he hasn't used it since, like, 2016 or something. Really? Or 2015. Yeah, and he's just, it's like, oh, hey, and it says even on there, you can follow me at this new one. Well, then give me that <laughs> one, you jerk. But anyways, you can find me on there at WTP Coach Dan, talking Caps Hockey, Arsenal Football Club, and how PGMOL are a bunch of morons. That is the refereeing association, Brandon, for football over in Europe. Well, in the in England, to be fair. Or it's UK. I don't know. Uh, you can find me on there talking about other sports, the Bills, the Commanders. If you've enjoyed the show, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash whatthepuckpod. It's where we post when new shows are coming out, as well as all sorts of things related to the Washington Capitals, Hershey Bears, South Carolina Stingrays, the Hershey Cubs, the National Hockey League and other things related to hockey that Brandon finds funny. That's facebook.com slash what the puck pod. But Brandon, I was just going on a little bit of a rant about the National Football League. You happen to have a podcast about one of the teams in the NFL. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody about that? That's right. You can check out, like I said, I'm a Baltimore guy. You can check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. We talk all things Baltimore Ravens twice a week and I have a feeling you're going to want to definitely subscribe to my podcast because January and February could be a lot of fun for the Baltimore Ravens. But that's definitely something to check out here. For the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Justin Tucker, Roquan Smith, we talk all about it. Make sure you are social with What the Puck. Give us a like and a follow over on Apple Podcasts. Read us... Uh, Write us an Apple Podcast review and then rate us over on Spotify as well. Let's go over the games until we talk again. On Thursday, December 14th, the Capitals are up against Philadelphia in Philly. That is a 7 o'clock start. You can watch that one of the Monumental Sports Network. Then on Saturday, the, the Capitals travel to Nashville. 8 o'clock start up against the Predators. You can watch that one on the Monumental Sports Network or the NHL Network. And they have back-to-back -back games because they're also playing on Sunday up against the Carolina Hurricanes. That is a 6 o'clock start. That's weird. You can watch that one on the NHL Network and on the Monumental Sports Network as well. That's Sunday game. Six o'clock. Sunday. Seven, eight, six. Those are all weird start times for this week. We're and it's a keep, road trip. It's the NHL. We're going to keep you guessing. <laughs> it's a road trip uh, week. I did not realize that until just now. It's three road games this week. So the Capitals are leaving home and packing their bags. W this isn't an East Coast road trip. It's Philly, Nashville, Carolina. What would you consider this? A, I really don't know. Like, if this is just a random road trip I mean, of games. Teams that are relatively near each other. You can go to Philly and even come home before going to Nashville. Although, if I'm them, I'm probably going to Philly and then going. I'm, heading, to, I'm going to Nashville either on that night of the 14th or going on the 15th, and then I come home on Monday the 18th. Yeah, you get a Friday night in you're Nashville. Like, you're doing on a your little bit of off. a loop, you know. Yeah. 
But man, I, I, uh, my buddy, my buddy Dom went to Nashville last weekend, and I was like, dude, you should have just delayed it one more week. You could have seen the Caps and the Predators in Nashville because they have a great barn. They really do. I can't. I would love to see a game in Nashville. But Coach Dan, you know what's happening? We have a Saturday Sunday game. Is my boy Charlie Lindgren starting both? Who's who's getting one? Who's getting the other? What do you think? Is Hunter Shepard coming up? What's your call? What? Why would he? Why would Hunter Shepard come up? I don't know. These guys are always hurt. <laughs> We're getting sick. Um, 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 um. I'm saying Lingren against Nashville and Kemper against Carolina, but I wouldn't be shocked to see it the other way around. You can't say that. You got to give me. Got to give me the no, no, no. definitive answer. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying Lingren versus Nashville and Kemper against Carolina. But if it's, it was the other way around, I'm not going to be like, what? Why would they do that? I'd be like, all right, all right. Like my yeah, my I think that's that's what I would do. But I I'm not like. Good. Do you start Kemper in Philly? So it's it's Kemper, Lingren, Kemper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think so? Yeah, I think that makes sense. You got a little Lingren sandwich, a little Lingren Oreo right there. I I wouldn't phrase it that way. <laughs> that's weird. But yeah, that's what I, I think that would make sense. All right. Well, hey, that's the show for this week. We'll be back next week. Everybody, say it loud, say it proud. Let's go, Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.